0: This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by General Mills, founded in 1866 and free of seafood for months, if not years. General Mills. (laughs) I'm not okay, I promise. And I am vindicated. <laughs> and this is Ear Buddies. <sighs> and we're going to get sad today, folks. Welcome to Ear Buddies, a podcast that two buddies do together to talk about ears. Hey, Matt. Hey, Tim. You know, if, if uh, the astute listener was paying close attention to our goofy intro, they probably already know what we're talking about today, but but for those who are not in the know, what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking today about emo music, um, <laughs> but look, I don't want fans, I don't want you guys to be calling this the emo episode because uh-uh. we're going to be doing more uh, about you know sort of different parts of emo. Uh, but that's the main thrust. That's the umbrella that we're, that we're under here. Uh, and Tim, I can't tell you how excited I am. Uh, I've been really just just stoked about this all day, all week in fact. And uh, great to get on a mic and just see what is up with emo music. You've got this new head filled up with smoke I got my
0: veins up tangled close To the jukebox bars you freak The safest place to hide Here's the thing We're gonna end up doing two dozen emo episodes By the time this is said and done, I'm sure And so... We're not going to linger in the past, in our heyday. We're actually going to focus on the emo resurgence that is happening. I don't know, is this the second or the third wave of emo? I, I don't totally know. But, but we're, we're honing in on sort of the emo rap, uh, SoundCloud, Gen Z experience of emo that has uh, really sprung up and is, is beginning to bloom uh, now in 2021.
1: Right, that's uh, great to mention that, Tim, because, you know, like you said, we'll have many more, I'm sure. But today, it's less about Taking Back Sunday and uh, more about Lil Peep. Please don't cry, wasting your
0: Where do you think this story begins? I
1: mean, if I start talking, I may get into the (laughs) history of emo. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Sunny Day Real Estate and Saves the Day and all that kind of stuff. And that's even before our time. Emo is uh, obviously in a pretty happy marriage with pop punk, I would say. Of course, pop punk... That's a different episode, but, <laughs> you know, uh, back in, what, the early 2000s, I would say, uh, that's when it was really popping off. Um, you know, we, had, we were in high school, and mm. there were scene kids, and uh,
0: <laughs> we had MySpace. We were going to Hot Topic. That's right. everybody probably has a little different definition of emo in in their brain. Mine is 2004 roughly, and everyone's hair looks bad and and, and cool, just cool. And, and everybody has a a second member who does the screamo parts. <laughs> and we're just we're just kind of crying into the mic. it's it's uh the used. You know, it, it's Fall Out Boy, it's Panic at the Disco, it's My Chemical Romance, and that's that's my that's sort of my nucleus for emo music. It's,
1: I mean, emo is emotional music, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's emotional rock, essentially rock and punk. Sonically, it's not like massively different than really pop punk or
0: right skewing metal almost depending on how far along the spectrum you went right yeah that's very true yes at the heart of emo exactly is um, sort of is is heart yeah exactly it is a bleeding heart and it is being poured out lyrically No, you do. You kill me well. Th- so emo has its moment, right? You know, early, mid-2000s. Starts to go by the wayside. Everybody kind of grows up. Now, though, something is happening that is really interesting. I was... It was happening really, like, under my radar until... Uh, a year or two ago. And then I heard, I, I I stopped just seeing the name Post Malone, and I started listening to some Post Malone. So I... I judged a book by its cover with Post Malone. I... I saw him, and... I think I may I may have even heard a radio single or something, and I just thought, meh, this is not for me, not my speed. But something made me dig a little deeper, and I realized, okay, he's much more melodic than I was expecting. Stay. And although <laughs> like almost every song uses pretty much the same or you know, vari- variations of the same like trap beat. With that comes "Woe Is Me" lyrics and pretty decent sing-songy melodies. That boy, they smack of emo music, you know.
1: Yeah, that's you know that's a great uh, artist to bring up as an example um, because I mean now I mean who I don't know exactly where his classification would be, but at least you know early days. Uh, that was he was definitely like basically singing, you know, and yeah. uh, and those melodies are pretty
0: emo. and the lyrics are obviously very emo. What was your endpoint? like where where do you come at sort of the emo rap movement that exists now? Uh, how How did you fall into it and and sort of where do you where do you sit now? It's sort of a weird one. Um I
1: <laughs> uh, read. A lot about music copyright and plagiarism cases. Okay, yeah. Because I just think that's interesting. And um, two years ago, roughly, the band Yellow Card hmm. sued the now late rapper Juice World.
0: You left me falling and landing inside my grave. I know that you
1: I take prescriptions to make me feel okay. I know it's all in my head. And they claim that that copied their track that came out in 2006: Hollywood Died.
0: Accidents out on the highway to somewhere they tell us about when we're young. Rescuers working to clean up the crashes before she can see what they've done.
1: And I thought, well, that's really interesting because I thought this guy was a rapper. And, uh, you know, for me, in my head at least, there wasn't a ton of real crossover there between those two genres. However, I listened to lucid dreams and then you know i i did know about hollywood died because big yellow card fan back in the day and uh they've got a point um (laughs) and you know they they ended up dropping the case i think after he had passed away Hmm. Mm -hmm. which was really gentlemanly of them but that actually is what got me into a knowing about it and b kind of being fascinated by it there's uh there are these melodies um and definitely the lyrical content and sort of the i don't know darkness around it sonically that you know we can sort of call it emo mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's just wild that it's well no it's not everything look <laughs> everything will come back time is a flat circle in a positive way here nothing ever dies disco came back yeah. folk came like it's all it's all will come back honestly back in you know 2006 or 7 or 8 when when things were kind of fading out in the uh, emo world i was like well it'll it'll be back and now it is in a kind of a fun new form
0: yes you're right everything does cycle back and it feels fairly random uh, you know what what about 2012 or 2013 made it the perfect moment for Daft Punk to go disco, right? I don't know. Right, yes. Who could say? So it feels random. But with emo coming back and sort of the emo sensibility, if not exactly uh, the the exact sound that we remember from the mid-aughts, I think you can draw a pretty straight line from 2007, 2008, kind of last gasps of emo music, right? What happens then? The 2008 recession. I think the emo kids were slammed. You know, they're they're what? They're 20, 21, 22 when the recession hits. Upward mobility screeches to a halt. You've got these disillusioned young adults uh, even further disillusioned now by a stagnant economy. Combine that. And so there you go. That's the 2010s for, for that group of people. Combine that with sort of the the Zoomer tendency that Gen Z, which is here now, and they're oversharing on social media and they are on TikTok, really putting themselves out there in a way that I certainly uh, never did quite to that extent on social media as a young person. I think those two generations combine perfectly and have this amazing intersection at emo rap where you you have kids who are uh, already cynical meanwhile you have the emo kids who are now emo adults and maybe life is not that much better for them (laughs) than uh, it was in 2007 or 2008 and so what do you get you get emo again man Twenty twenty one. It's a perfect time. It's the perfect mood and the perfect moment in the United States. I think for uh, for sort of the social uh, element of emo to to blossom once again.
1: Look, yes, okay, I do agree with that, um, and I think you know the the tough thing about. Um kind of, you know, putting up a big bulletin on your wall and and putting pins in it and drawing lines and putting <laughs> strings all over things. is like you can make anything sort of make sense, right? Yeah, like of course, you can, you of can, course. But but that being said, I do think that's, that's you know, has a lot to do with it um, because, you know, yeah, both uh, generations, you know, the, the specific sort of slice of millennials and then I guess... You know the Zoomers in general; they dealt with and/or are dealing with not dissimilar sort of formative uh, socio-political environments, right? Absolutely. And music is often a response to that. And I will say too, actually. So here's what's interesting to me is back in you know the. Earlier days of emo, back when you and I, Tim, were going to those shows, and (laughs) I was wearing my sister's jeans and um, just having a great time. Mm -hmm. Like there were bands, right? You were there. Was everybody was in a band? We were in several bands, uh, and that was. uh, I mean, you you were you were never going to be playing emo music if you weren't in a band playing emo music absolutely
0: yeah it wasn't a solo act thing it was it was it was four guys with the same haircut that's how it worked what's
1: happening now is these kids i'll call them kids these zoomers Mm -hmm. have access now to advanced or at least high enough quality tech and gear and whatever else where you can make stuff in your bedroom right yep and uh It's very easy as a 16 or 17-year-old to download a couple trap beats and layer some stuff over the top of it. And if you still like emo because you've been listening to your sister's Fall Out Boy CDs or whatever, then that's kind of what you're going to gravitate towards. Um, But, like, for now, bands are sort of dead, right? Like, they're they're not on the charts and they're not uh really getting a ton of um I don't know, admiration or press these days. Mm-hmm. Just being able to make some tracks in your bedroom. Yep. Um is is that that's why that's why I would posit that it's emo rap, right? Rather mm-hmm. than you know, straight up four well, four to seven dudes and all <laughs> their all their drums and guitars and basses, right?
0: You have ease of access to beats and production and all you have to do at that point is kind of open your diary and fire away into a mic Pull up to your house and now I'm was gave me all your heart and now you need it back Pull to your house now I'm couple things about this movement that I, I want to note. First, you have Lil Peep, you have Juice World, and you have, I guess I'm going to try it, Tentacion. How did I do? I have no idea. <laughs> um, all three of those dudes are dead. Um, and they were pioneers of this sound. Yep. And so much of this sound, it is this hard-on-your-sleeve stuff, but there's a lot more um drug abuse reference um, serious depression sort of wrestling with these topics in much more concrete terms than I think was done even in sort of the emo heyday it's there's just this sadness and sort of this hopelessness that's baked into most of the lyrical content to say uh, m- uh emo is you know,
1: emotional music and that's where the the term comes from. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like what isn't? You know, Taylor Swift writes emotional songs. But it's it is different because back in the you know it's in its heyday, there was it was it was more it was so confessional that there was a band named Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it was really, really mucking around in your own heart and kind of seeing what you could get out of there and put on the page. But I I do I do think it's also true that now like i mean there you know there were issues absolutely as with all uh kind of rock star lifestyles of drug abuse and alcohol abuse and and any number of things Mm -hmm. with these emo bands back in the day uh but they weren't so much singing about that as they were about Sort of the depths of their own human heart and soul. I know that yep. it's there's a lot of glorification of uh, sort of abusive and self harmful behaviors and and yeah. All I mean, I hope of all of
0: these emo rappers are talking to a therapist every two weeks or something, right?
1: Rather than just you know their MacBook. I agree, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think that's true, and I think if you're going to be oversharing like I don't know that's also what music is for so
0: great mm-hmm. work guys. Uh, talk about the Travis Barker through line here bud because that is an amazing detail uh, that, <sighs> Tim, e- that here in 2021 we have a reason to talk about why Travis Barker is relevant. Travis Barker is is and was
1: the <laughs> drummer for Blink 182 a uh, band that we all know and
0: love and responsible was... for one of the coolest drum beats ever
1: Are you talking about I miss
0: you Oh yeah man <laughs> I I can't listen to the first verse and chorus because I'm too busy just thinking about how cool it must be to play that beat
1: when the first time i heard it it blew my mind and also has made me respect travis barker as a drummer and a musician for the rest of my life like that's phenomenal if you're a pop punk drummer only you don't that you're never gonna do that we can live like jack and sally if we want where you can always find me travis barker um you know, Blink-182, truly, uh, you know, the seminal pop-punk band. That is literally, if you go to any pop-punk and most emo bands from that era's Wikipedia pages, they will tell you that they used to be in a Blink-182 cover band. Like, that's actually how it went. And so, uh, you know, they, they're they kind of older dudes now. I think Travis is like 45. They're all roughly 45. Uh, Tom got super into Aliens and is probably in space somewhere. Yeah. Mark has a family and posts on twitter and travis man i mean i know i don't know if you noticed him he's now dating uh courtney kardashian
0: <laughs> i did not know that
1: wow yeah which is just i mean that's he's he is wedging himself so firmly in the mainstream that nothing is gonna is gonna get him out of it so uh god bless you for that travis of course mm-hmm. but travis is a force To be reckoned with. He's an unstoppable force. He is living sort of an unbelievable dream, which is never let pop punk slash emo
0: die. It's amazing. He's like this, he is like this folk hero, this ambassador for the genre. You you know, you read those stories about like dying languages, and (laughs) you know, there's just like that one. Or like yes the, that one There's one last speaker yep Travis Barker is one of the few like true pioneers of pop punk yep and he is giving it to the people today a
1: cool and sort of nice thing about him as well is that mm-hmm. he has he's has a real interest in hip-hop and has you know for a long time yep so he's not just kind of myopic about uh the genre that he's uh, that he started with, right? So he is doing these trap beats. He's doing uh, lots of, like, hip-hop programming. And he is really guiding uh, the resurgence, definitely, of emo rap uh, because if you get to a certain level, sort of, with that, Travis Barker will... <laughs> <laughs> reach out to you and he'll say let me do this for you man and he'll say amazing you're Travis Barker I'll do it. So
0: like a year or two ago you sent me this song it's called I Think I'm Okay by Machine Gun Kelly Young Blood, and Travis Barker
1: Watch me take a good thing and fuck it all up in one night catch me I'm the one on the run away from the headlights no sleep
0: up all week, waste of time with people I don't like I think Something's fucking wrong with me Drown myself in alcohol That shit never helps at all So, I mean, this song, I think, uh, encapsulates a lot of what we've been talking about. So, sort yes, of, absolutely. on its face, lyrics about alcohol abuse and real, you know, personal sorrow. And then... Travis barker playing the drums California, because these hills have eyes and I got paranoia
1: I hurt myself sometimes is
0: that too scary for ya? the guitars and the melody are ripped right out of 2006. mm-hmm it's so cool and then Youngblood shows up listen to this guy oh he he crushes this, this fucking <laughs> man, man,
1: I tell you, that Are is... Are you kidding me? This song is actually a really excellent amalgamation of all those things, because that, what Youngblood just sang, is classic emo. Yeah. Uh, that is 2006 emo. But then um, you hear, you know, these verses. It's like Machine Gun Kelly, who is, I mean, or at least was, a rapper. <laughs> yeah, it was. He's, he's doing, like, he's sort of rapping it. But this is, this is shiny, shiny guitars and just mm. crunchy drums. Uh, this is Travis Barker. I mean, this is Travis Barker. Right, exactly. That's what all of this is.
0: And so Travis Barker is out here, yeah, guesting on all these tracks and making sure the pop punk influence um, lingers into this new decade. It's really... Yep
1: he is a, a gardener you know he yeah. is out there every day with his little green plastic watering can pouring water on these <laughs> little seeds and most of them sprout i mean you know machine gun kelly right so yep he had put out i don't know what three or four yeah four albums yep uh before 2020 that were absolutely like basically rap
0: till i die till i die till i die on the-
1: right but then tickets to my downfall which came out in 2020 Mm -hmm. it is straight up pop punk emo Like that, you know, Tim, I know you said you've you listened to it recently. I listened to it on a drive uh, where I had nothing else to do but think about this. <laughs> uh, a couple months ago, and I was blown away. Not because it's, uh, you know, necessarily phenomenal songwriting or really insightful lyrics. That's, I don't know if that's what we're looking for when it comes to... Real good emo No But <laughs> but it was just It was f- fascinating And just really satisfying To hear yeah. the production of 2020 On something that came from Two thousand five, essentially. It's a shock
0: to the system. This album. It's. It is. Yep. And what you get? I mean, listen to this intro and tell me that this couldn't have, like, you would be totally forgiven for believing that this was recorded by Dashboard Confessional in two thousand six.
1: I got in trouble the first time my dad saw me dance with the devil. Right say i left when listen sister, my first home since mom had left and i wrote my first song with him in the basement uh,
0: and then he said goodbye wait so soon
1: that is feel right show. i'm in tears i don't know what to say <laughs> i mean first it's of amazing. all it's amazing you uh, th- this whole album says to me man travis barker is good at uh Good at the drums I'm lonely, lonely, lonely you. I got in but you have a song in this time signature mm. uh, which is funny in itself because uh, <laughs> no one does that right, right. Uh, taking back Sunday did and you know I think dashboard did and that was just that was like something that was sort of a, an obvious rhythm to use back in the day but I had not heard it on like a new song Especially with an acoustic guitar intro.
0: This was probably the first time that a 6 8 acoustic guitar intro or riff has been played since, you know, 2012 or something. Like, that's, r- I mean, that's gotta be true. <laughs> it's amazing how authentic and, like, respectful of pop punk and emo this album is. Um, no, I, it, I was I was driving around town and I had the top forty station on and this song played. Hey. You know my ex that makes it all feel complicated, yeah. It all seems complicated. So that is Black Bear with Machine Gun Kelly. Black Bear, he's like kind of a a pioneer of emo yeah, rap, I would he's say. A, he's a standout. He's yeah. been working with Travis for a while actually. I just thought, huh, I'm hearing a melody like this, and guitars like this. And you're
1: also hearing those uh, rattly little clicky trap hi-hats. Uh-huh. Which is also Travis, because he also loves doing that. Travis, actually, something uh, that's a little inside baseball, mm. but... There is a uh, site where producers or you know, whoever can find uh, samples for tracks that they're working on called Splice. And Travis Barker released his own pack. It's all drums. Huh. And I can't even begin to explain how much it rocks because it's, it's 70% like the snares and kick and a hi-hat sounds that you're used to from all of Travis's projects mm-hmm. when he's playing real drums. But the other 30% is trap hi-hats doing 32nd notes and little stutters like that and sort of uh, you know sub kick drums. It's all all a very intentional choice on his on Travis's part because you know the reason this is different like that song you just played, and the reason the Machine Gun Kelly album is a, a little different, the reason mm-hmm. that the stuff that he's done with Black Bear and, uh, you know, any number of other artists is different is because, I mean, he's he's got into, he got into hip-hop, you yeah, know? Yeah, and- exactly.
0: Every, you know, year or two, I'll be surprised when I'm looking through, like, the new music charts on iTunes, and I'll see, oh, there's a new... Boys Like Girls album or there's a new Taking Back Sunday album or something. And it's like, ah, let's just try it. Let's just see. And it's it's a bummer because there's no evolution and it's sort of mm-hmm. and and it feels like a nostalgia play. Yes. What's different about Machine Gun Kelly is he was paying attention to what the cool kids were doing and literally doing it. And and the fact that Travis Barker is also willing to listen and change and and grow and evolve. His inclusion in a project like Machine Gun Kelly does not feel like, you know, having Tom Petty guest on, so yes. on, on your record. It feels exactly. like innovation. And exactly. And it's, it's just, it's markedly different from what a lot of sort of emo bands... I mean, look at Panic at the Disco. They're just doing, I mean, they went a totally different route. Well, right? I mean, he
1: <laughs> went a totally different route. Hands
0: I mean, that's it, a different can of worms. Like, yes. some bands just went weird arena sports rock, but yep. um, But the emo bands that tried to just sort of, like, stay true to the sound, it just doesn't yep. work.
1: Yep. You, you have I to mean, grow.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it.
1: You grow or you die, and they all died. Like, mm-hmm. in my all-time top 200 songs, probably roughly half of them are probably emo. Like, yeah. You, you know, it's, it's from that era, like, that as it is, you know, as the Gen Zers are being formed sort of in their tastes and preferences now, I sure was then, I absolutely loved it. I know every word to every album for so many artists. But, uh, like you said, it re- when, they're, when they're doing new stuff, those sorts of bands, right, mm-hmm. it is a nostalgia play. And I guess that is cool if, I don't know, maybe you're... Bordering on 40 And you want the, Kind of the exact same thing From a band that you used to love Fine But Travis absolutely Is uh, I mean he's a producer in his own right He's not just like Trying to uh, You know recapture the good feelings of yesteryear when his career was kind of taken off because his career is still going phenomenally well and he's more responsible than any other single person for just sort of why this is happening and like uh, you know
0: you do you made a parade if you decide to release an album in 2021 <laughs> that sounds exactly like your album from 15 years ago
1: At least it's
0: cool but it'll never be on the radio and machine gun kelly and travis barker will be on the radio and there's that's right you you laid it out perfectly that's that's the difference ear buddies will return in a moment This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by American multinational manufacturer and marketer of branded consumer goods, General Mills. Matt, you uh, actually, as part of this sponsorship, took a walkthrough tour of a General Mills plant uh, recently. I did, yes. Yep. Tell us uh, what you saw there and and kind of about that experience, if you could. Sure. So...
1: um I feel like most people know this, but General Mills has uh, 15 million plants um, (laughs) across the United States and sub-Saharan Africa. (laughs) And I was lucky enough to visit one of them. Mm. And um, so I, I... was invited because they wanted, you know, to do this ad and wanted me to really kind of get a feel for the place. Um, And it was phenomenal. I mean, it was like, so I've never been to Disney World, but it was like what I imagined (laughs) Disney World to be. They had, uh, you pull into the parking lot, Mm -hmm. and they have balloons and pinatas (laughs) and flags and banners. And I, I, I assume this is... All the time, because it was just like a like a Tuesday, right? So I don't think it was specifically for me or like some sort of General Mills holiday.
0: Sure, Count Chocula comes out and says No, hello. exactly.
1: exactly. I was just going to say, they actually, all their branded licensed characters are in <laughs> costume, life-size. Um, they have someone, they have like a walkthrough thing where you can, you see like a video about Betty Crocker's life. Um <laughs> And then you talk to the little the leprechaun. Actually, he um, like you have to follow him to the end of the rainbow. Um, it's it's really good. And then but then you know I got into the actual the the factory itself, mm-hmm. which is I mean I'm not a I'm not a math guy, but this place must have been the size of Rhode Island. I mean, forty city blocks for sure. Sure, just mon- and to think that they have fifteen million of them. <laughs> I mean, these guys are <laughs> doing well. So, Staying. but it was great. No, I I was I I the the scope was <laughs> beyond comprehension, but it was great. And I got to you know I put on the little white lab coat and the little <laughs> goggles and whatever, uh-huh. and they actually let me spend a couple hours on one of the assembly lines. Wow. uh, Painting the little marshmallows for Lucky Charms. So wait,
0: those are hand-painted?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. So what it is is, you know, because they have these, they have, I forget exactly what they said. I think, what is it? Four to five different
0: shapes. Um, And so each uh, shape- isn't it uh, hearts, stars, horseshoes, clovers, blue moons- (laughs) pots of gold rainbows and red balloons you know what now that
1: i think about it that's exactly what it is (laughs) yes so anyway i uh i was put on the um the clover line where everyone just has a little like a little jar of paint and just it's nothing but marshmallows all the way down like they just come out you, you dab a little paint on both sides uh, and send them on their way and it took a long time and sort of made me feel like maybe they were just looking for free labor but I had a good time <laughs> and yeah I mean it's it's clearly an incredible company and when I was there Tim yeah I didn't catch a whiff of seafood it was not it was just grain it was just cereal sure. no shrimp everything seemed seemed ship shape and uh Bob's your uncle
0: nary a nary a shrimp tail to be seen huh that's right is it possible um no i don't I don't think it is okay well, let me just finish my question Sure, and i'm then, sorry uh is it possible that you accidentally brought some sort of seafood paraphernalia into the factory and it may have like fallen out of a pocket or or anything like that and I'm just spitballing here
1: but sure okay you know uh, th- uh, that is a fair question however I will say um I did go I did this this factory tour after the Jensen Carp Cinnamon Toast Crunch Shrimp tail Scandal. Oh, okay. Um, and so the reason I did that, and I mean, full disclosure here, this is obviously a paid promotion. Of course. Uh, we, you know, we're doing this ad because General Mills does, they're, they are looking for a little bit more positive press. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I mean, it, it couldn't have, I didn't have anything to do with that for sure. Sure, the timeline but, doesn't work. Right, but what I will say too, actually, and this is important, is that Um, so first of all, they, they don't like jokes about, um, the shrimp tails there. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: did you try, do you, you try to crack some sort of topical, some topical humor? Well, and
1: look, here's why I did. And here's why I did because (laughs) the (laughs) security Mm -hmm. on the way in, um, it is like, a Christian Bible college there, man. It is unbelievable <laughs> how many steps you have to go through to get actually on the factory floor. Huh. They, they search you. Um, there are armed guards. There's barbed wire. Uh-huh. They have, you know, you have to sign a, an NDA, wow. which I am breaking right now, but I think that probably is okay because it's, of the, I, you know, the I banks. assume
0: it's fine. Yeah.
1: Right. It didn't seem strict. So, but yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, I, I don't know for sure because they were very tight lipped about this. I don't know for sure if they were, uh, if they had put these measures into place after their little, their little dust up. Sure. Or, or if that, if that's been sort of the, the way they operate since time immemorial. And, uh, if that's the case, I mean, you know, there's no way they ever had shrimp in there. Um, it was clean. It was, I mean, not friendly. They had armed guards, but it was it was really well. It seemed like a well-run plant, um, and I can't say enough good things about it.
0: Well, folks, if you are listening and you have been sort of side-eyeing your Golden Grams, just not sure if if it's worth grabbing the box. Uh, You heard it here first. General Mills is a uh, militarized, (laughs) Fort Knox-like factory. Amusement park. (laughs) uh, With, you know, responsible labor practices and ethical uh, product manufacturing. And you should consume their food uh, with full confidence that no sorts of or seafoods or meats or dairies or, or anything like that will uh, find its way into your box or, or your bowl. It's General Mills. Uh, thank you for sponsoring this episode. Welcome back to Ear Buddies, emo day here, and uh, so for show and tell, uh, I assume this one's this is going to be a fun one. Uh, so Matt, you kick us off. What uh, what do you what do you have to share?
1: Yeah, so I think, <laughs> well look, okay, I got a really great show and tell today, folks, and I I want to. Tie this into something that is a real fun uh, Mm. clincher for what we've been talking about, which is, (laughs) you know, the goal of an ideal show and tell, I would say. Uh, So, we've been talking about emo rap. Uh, Great genre, having a great time with it. I hope it goes far. But, did you know, and if you were under the age of 18, you did know this, but did you know that straight-up emo is coming back with (laughs) a vengeance. And do you know why? I'll tell you why. It's because of TikTok stars. Ooh. Okay. These kids, man, they're realizing what was so great about having a real emo band behind you with real drums and a real guitar and uh, someone who couldn't sing that great. Nothing like it. And... This song I'm going to share is by a fellow... Well, he's not so much a fellow as he is 18 years old. Uh, <laughs> his name is Chase Hudson. Is that a name you recognized, him?
0: Oh, Faintly.
1: Yeah, Faintly for me, too. And it will become more faint as we age. But he is one of the most famous TikTok uh, dudes. He was dating um, Charlie D'Amelio which is another sort of faint tingle of recognition there, Uh Uh, who is, I believe, the (laughs) most followed girl on TikTok. They dated for a while, and uh, both their stars rose. And so our buddy Chase, you know what he did? He decided to do music, and his name, his his artist name is Lil Huddy which is a bad name, but they yes. they all sort of are these <laughs> days. But it is a real example of the one-man emo rap thing turning into a thing where you name yourself sort of a rap name, and then you end up releasing a song that Travis Barker produced and drummed on called mm. The Eulogy of You and Me. A black dress I left you black roses On your steps I guess the last kiss was The kiss of death Now you're dead to me And it's R.I.P Here lies All of the lies And all of the pain That I buried inside
0: Goodbye I know it's tragic The memory of us Will go up in ashes This is the year Oh, come on
1: it's real, man. This is happening.
0: Oh.
1: I know, it, it feels like you're dreaming, doesn't it?
0: Unbelievable.
1: This was released by an 18-year-old who, by the way, uh, looks exactly like an emo dude. He's a just a pretty boy with mascara and painted nails and pierced ears and black hair.
0: Tremendous. I am so happy about this.
1: I am too. Um and you know, as you know, I did mention Travis did produce this, but boy, yeah. it sounds like Travis produced this. And yeah, it sure does. Uh, I'm also gonna mention one other quick thing about this, which I would Please. encourage everyone to check out. The music video that <laughs> that accompanies this tune uh-huh. is utterly classic visual the utterly classic story of uh, him being at his wedding and it turns into a funeral. Oh. So nothing nothing is different. <laughs> Everything is going so well. If oh, you man.
0: if you used to love emo, just come on right back. It it, it feels like the housing bubble is about to burst again. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I I mean, that is a song. And the thing
1: is, what's great about it is like, you know, if you do listen to the whole song, there's that guitar riff. There's two verses where he just talks about black nails, roses, veils, kisses, whatever. And then he sings the chorus like six or seven times (laughs) in the whole thing. Once, it's like three times in a row. There's no, nothing really changes. Uh, it's not great,
0: but it is great. That's great. I'm, I, that makes me really happy. I, I'm glad that Travis is hopping on, onto these things too. And he's like, "Mm, what if you did it (laughs) just like this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What if
1: I just do what I think would sound great? And you say, that's cool.
0: Um, you know, if we're getting derivative, uh, then my, here's my song, um, it's Machine Gun Kelly. It's a track off of his uh, latest album, Tickets to My Downfall, that we've been talking about. Uh, but boy, if you didn't know better, you'd think it was something else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm in the business of and- Let's take it from
0: the top She's got a body like I mean, now that, that is what they call a full circle What are we doing here is my question I mean, again, I am fully on board with what's going on here I love I love that Machine Gun Kelly is doing this But this is a note for note Hit for hit uh, Hit for hit, yeah, every single drum hit Oh, what a pray well, I've got what I want now They just, they knocked the key down a few steps and said, sing it, man. Uh, Of course, you got Travis Barker on the drums. Um, If it wasn't obvious, this is a cover of Misery Business by Paramore. Uh, It is Misery Business by Machine Gun Kelly. And I mean, don't tell me that this is not one of the dopest songs. Oh,
1: I mean... It's be- it's so good uh, Zach Faro the their drummer yeah. was 17 I believe what when he when he played this and I and I remember I got riot that album and yeah. I was listening to it literally I believe on like an actual CD player like a Walkman type thing or whatever mm. uh, uh, with headphones turned all the way up and when that first snare hit comes in she says hit that hit that snare right? and it changed my entire life. It is phenomenal. This,
0: yeah, the drumming is simply to die for.
1: If I remember correctly, I think that there's actually this song, this version of the song. Didn't Travis and Machine Gun Kelly I think they did this in March of last year, like sort of right after the, the lockdown should have started. Because sure. I remember I think I watched it and it's like a video and Travis is just losing his mind. And it's just it's very fun to watch. I don't necessarily care about machine gun Kelly shredding power chords, but you know, always just a real a real gift to see Travis at work.
0: These drums. Whoa. Man, snare drum on one and three, it's amazing. And, <sighs> and I mean, the jumping of, we'll hear it again in a second, but but jumping that second snare drum hit in the riff yep. is, yep. it's just, I mean, it's one of those things that you can only do once, and it's, pr- it's just... No just so. uh, d- 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 yeah, d- 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 I mean...
1: Uh, it's so cool, and that's it's that's basically instantly iconic. It's basically copyrightable. You know, like yeah, you, you totally. can't you can't copyright a drum beat, but
0: I think you can copyright that. That's phenomenal. Everyone it's, did such a good job. Paramore is one of those bands that I I respect how they have decided to grow here in in the post emo days.
1: Yes, they are.
0: Haley Williams is not embarrassing. Nope, not at all. We can talk about her sometime, too. But for now, uh, Matt, tell us what we learned today. Boy, Tim, I feel like we just really
1: sort of, <laughs> you know, cocained our way through this. Um, <laughs> love it. I, I knew we had a lot to say. And mm-hmm. I I think what we've learned and using we sort of the royal we as a stand-in for our devoted listeners yes. is that um, – there is a, a real thread to be traced from Fallout Boy and My Chemical Romance to, uh, I guess, post Malone and and Juice World and sort of the new stuff you're hearing. Um, we also learned that Travis Barker is, you know, it's, it's interesting because he's sort of still behind the scenes ish, you know? Yep. Uh, and. He is the architect of, I guess, your little sisters or maybe your young nieces or nephews. uh, New favorite song. So when they come up to you in, I'm going to say, a year, perhaps two, and they ask you about the old days, you let them know what a great time we were all having. And that yeah. they can have it again. And
0: whether you're, right, and whether you are a lapsed emo kid from the aughts and you are just sort of fumbling your way through life now, or uh, you are a cool e girl or e boy or whatever and you're sad online, I think it's safe to say, Matt, that uh, everybody's bread is getting buttered. Here. <laughs>
1: You Talk to you later, buddy. Really landed that plane well. Talk to you later, buddy.